Hey, everybody. I tell you what, if, if our church is any reflection of, or if my family is any reflection of the church, there's a reason why there's uh, so few, you know, here tonight, because there are a lot sick, uh, over half my family. Am I not on? Kraken? Yeah? Cool. I can hear myself. Can you guys hear me? Okay. But uh, over half my family is, is sick. We've got three with strep and uh, all kinds of stuff. It was a bummer and yet kind of humorous over over Christmas. I mean, literally on Christmas Day, we're passing presents, you know. Here's, you know, here Cambria, and then here's the barf bucket. You know, and she's throwing up into the... Uh, into the bucket and and then thank you so much who you know and it was it was pretty bad pretty bad her and Jaron had it had it pretty bad and but uh, everybody's on the men they just couldn't be here tonight they've only been on antibiotics for a few hours uh, today since uh, seeing the doctor so we'll be back in action but uh, I know that uh, Lomans uh, Becca and Justin little Elijah they were considering taking him to the ER and so it's just the crud is going around. Don and Linda Walker, their whole household is sick. And then, so we, uh, mom, I know you did at the beginning, but could we just pray again together for everyone? Would you just stand together with me? Holy Spirit, would just, would you go right now to every single one and just comfort them uh, as they are facing the, the funk that they're facing? And uh, Lord, heal them, heal them. Lord, you you touch our lives, you touch our hearts, and you answer prayer. You're so faithful. We thank you for what you're doing in and through every single one of those people. Amen. Jesus' name. All righty. I believe that that, uh, the Lord has given me a, a, a word for... I would hope that a pastor would be able to say that every week, you know, when he gets up to preach. But I really believe the Lord has given me a, a word for this new year. Uh, he actually gave it to me back in August, and I've just held on to it uh, since then. And so uh, I really am excited to give us a, a posturing word uh, for this new coming year. And... I don't know if this will turn into a theme or, or what it's going to do, but um, I, I really believe that that's true, and I'll let you know when I get there to to that word. But um, I, I recently I was in my daughter's room, Madison and Trinity share a room, and so I was I was in their room, and I borrowed a quote that they stole uh, from their wall. Both Madison and Trinity, their walls are plastered on both sides with quotes for life. Some of them better than others, and uh, but this one stood out to me as I was up there last night uh, or the couple nights ago with with one of the girls, and um, the one their quote goes something like this: "The chief danger in life is that you may take too many precautions." Wow. The chief danger in life is that you may take too many precautions. Now. One could argue whether or not that's the chief danger in life. You know, the primary danger 
probably not, but the unwillingness to risk. The unwillingness to dream or dream again uh, can be very, very damaging, very, very dangerous. We were designed for those things. We were created with those types of things in mind. You see, the, the one whom we follow, Jesus Christ, is a risk taker. From our perspective, the things that he does are full of risk. And especially the things that he calls us to be and to do is full of risk. It requires us to have to dream in ways that we probably have not been willing to do up to this point. For some, it's a call to dream again. We weren't created to hunker down. To just get by, to merely survive. We're continually called and identified as overcomers. Those who meet the adversities of life and we take them head on and we push right into them. We weren't called to become spiritually sedentary. That would mean inactive, spiritually anemic, spiritually lethargic, unresponsive, weak, lifeless, ineffective for God's kingdom. None of those things are descriptions that fit us as sons and daughters of God. We were created for so much more. Now, there seems to be this gap between knowing that. You're, I, th- I think that some of you are sitting there going, tell me something I don't know. But again, the only Scripture that the enemy is worried about us hearing is the one that we take and apply to our life. So we can hear lots of things. We can know lots of things. But this is about taking what we know of Jesus and putting it into action. I want to I hit this Scripture. I took this and in, in this is a... This is a, a, a Fusion of the Amplified and the New Living Translation of Hebrews 11. So, grab a hold of this. You can grab different bits out if you want. But faith is the confidence or the confirmation that what we hope for will actually happen. Faith is the confidence and the confirmation. Wait a minute, aren't we hoping for something that is going to be? So we're in the hall of faith right now. We're, he's about to, the writer of Hebrews is about to go through all these different names of people, Abraham and Enoch and Abel and different ones, who their, their faith is what pleased God. So faith is the confidence and the confirmation that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance. What's the root in that word assurance? Sure. For sure. For sure. 
when somebody, when you say something to someone, you ask them a question and they respond with, for sure. There is a confidence that they have that that is a done deal. Even though it hasn't happened yet, there's a confidence in them about things. There, it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It is, they prove, it is the proof of things we do not see in the conviction of their reality. Faith perceives as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I'm going to hit you with that one again. Faith, so when we have faith, it perceives as a real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Touch, smell, sight, hearing. Faith is something that is received that our senses may not necessarily be picking up on. Now, this is very a very difficult way to live in a nation and a culture that is so saturated with sensory overload. Because we are trained, whether we want to admit it or not, to approach everything that we come into, all of our circumstances, everything that we're going to face with our feelings. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm not sure I like the sound of that. Mm. That doesn't sit too well with me. It's because faith is trying to go beyond some of those things into something that is a greater level of assurance and confirmation than we can know by any of those senses. By faith, the writer goes on to say, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. This is a very disputed idea in the world, of course, isn't it? Science and different ones. But he's saying, by faith, we understand. We know. It's a done deal in this writer's mind and heart. By faith, we understand the entire universe was formed at God's command. I went to a very conservative uh, college in the Midwest and the, um, the uh, dean of the biology department claimed to be a Christian, a creation evolutionist. How do you marry those two things together? Some people have tried to do it. And it's reconciled fairly well in their mind. But he's saying here, the, the entire universe is formed at, the God, at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It is impossible to please God without faith. Unless you've got a time machine sitting around... How can we actually prove that what he is saying is true? Let's get all the evolutionists in the room. Let's get all the creationists in the room. Humanists, Buddhists, whomever it is. Every single human being a person of faith. To believe what they believe. What we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It's impossible to please God without faith. 
if you don't have this type of faith that this writer is talking about, he's claiming that it's impossible to please God. Anyone who wants to come to Him, God, must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. When's the last time you saw God walking around? When's the last time you heard God's voice audibly? Kumar? You and I have had many talks, right? He claims to hear God. He claims to, maybe not audibly, but he claims to hear God. In other words, impressions on him that lead him to do certain things. Anybody with Kumar in that? Okay, so you claim to hear voices in your head and you follow and obey what that voice says. Bob, you with me on this one? Most of you raised your hand. It's impossible to please God without faith. Do you know what? It's impossible to please an evolutionist without faith. Can't do it. It's impossible to please, period, without faith. Now, I would argue that an evolutionist, I'm not picking on them, and just in terms of their theories need to employ a greater level of faith than we do when we look at all that is in the world. We're not going to get off on all that. That's not the prophetic word that I had for this year. But faith was designed to be employed by God's people in spite of what we see and feel. If we could see it, if we could feel it, if we could hear it, would we need faith? Is faith just a bunch of hocus pocus? No, because it's something that is necessary for every area of life. doesn't matter who you are, whether you follow Jesus and subscribe to this book or not. So, I just wanted to level the playing field just a little bit right there. I want to share with us uh, a word in terms of risking toward God. Risking toward God. That's my title if you like titles. Back in August, uh, the Lord really put on my heart, and I, be- I thought it was for the time then, but now I can see that it's, it's for now. Um, we had just gone out on Lake Washington and uh, on a sailboat uh, with some friends, and we were sailing, and it, it was actually with uh, Andrew's brother and sister-in-law from England. They were visiting. And... We thought we kind of knew what was up with sailing before we went out with them. And then we realized we knew really very little about sailing. The boat actually would move when we would go out in the water because the wind would catch the sails. But the attitude in which it's called, that means the angle at which the wind um, contacts 
the sail and then moves the boat as a result of that contact, we were doing things all wrong. And so there was something that uh, as we were sailing that I started to get a little concerned about because now that we knew how to have a proper attitude toward the wind, it started to get a little bit on the scary side because the wind was really picking up. And, and so whenever the wind would really pick up, I would actually, uh, you know, let, let go of the, the, uh, the, the sail line that connects to the boom so that the wind wouldn't grab a hold of us and, and really, you know, I thought we were going to tip over, you know, or at least healing really, really far. But the thing that I realized that is that when your sails catch the wind, that when it's easy to be overtaken by fear, it seems counterintuitive, but the wind, when the wind is blowing so strong that you feel like you're going to flip over, you're supposed to turn into the wind. It feels totally counterintuitive, like you, you should turn away from the wind, but if you turn into the wind, then it actually, that's the safest place you can be. And what I was seeing in this is this whole thing that began to grip me is this battle between faith and fear. I believe this is where our posturing is. And I'm not talking about necessarily the things that we've gone through, although Holy Spirit's going to make application for you, but I'm talking about the journey ahead. If we can put everybody in that sailboat, And this wind is coming and it's getting stronger and stronger. These are 12, 13, 14, 15 knot winds. And instead of turning into the wind there, the tendency is to let go and try and get out of it. Risking toward God. It's one thing to risk and do something stupid and sinful. It's a whole other thing to risk toward God. I want us to uh, go here to Matthew chapter 14. And this is this posturing, risking toward God, fear versus faith. I believe the Lord wants to speak to every single one of us tonight and make some real application for us. Verse 22 of chapter 14, the Gospel of Matthew. Immediately after this, okay, Jesus had just fed 5,000 people. And uh, he grabs the boys and says to his disciples, his followers, he says, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. So Jesus is playing cleanup. He is taking care of, you know, getting everybody, okay, you guys head out here. But ahead of this time that he does this, he sends the disciples, you guys get in the boat. I want you to go across to the other side. Verse 23, afterward, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell when he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. 
Jesus is praying. That's a good thing if he's praying for you, right? But they don't know this. All they know is that they're in trouble. The disciples are in trouble far away from land. Anybody been in a situation like that? You've been on a boat and you've been far away from land and you're in trouble. Uh, this last week, I was, uh, we were down in California with Lisa's mom for first Christmas without dad and, and uh, went out with my good friend Matthew Holiday and went out on the, the uh, water there, um, out on the ocean. We went crabbing, so we put the crab pots out and the, uh, they had close to, they say, hurricane winds, you know, down in California as of late. And so we're getting kind of the aftermath of some of that as it's starting to dissipate. And you got these massive swells and these breakers that are hitting the beach are unbelievable. We're in a, you know, 18 foot little uh, boat. And, you know, we've got, you know, four or five guys in the boat with all the crab pots and everything. And we're dumping these crab pots and then we're going back and we're picking them up. And we're starting to take, you know, it's an open bow boat taking water over the front side of the boat. And, and uh, you know, it, it's a little hairy. You've got to make sure your, your attitude is correct in going and, you know, hitting these waves as they're coming. So these rollers are rolling in. And, and I'm starting to think to myself, as I do, as I get on the ocean and get into these types of situations, I'm thinking to myself, as we're, I don't know, well over a thousand yards from shore, I'm thinking, I wonder if I could swim from here. 55, 56 degree water maybe, somewhere around there. You're not going to last long. The disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen. It didn't come up right when they were on the shore. They were good to go. They got the vision for Jesus. You know, it's like, hey, we're going. And, uh, but it's when they got out there, they realized this is not going well for us. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble here and they were fighting heavy waves. So they're in trouble far away from land. Strong winds had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. Waves. Did Jesus know? kind of one of those setup things. Hey, you guys go get in the boat, go to the other side and um, got a little something for you. Help you out to build something in you, not to destroy you, but to build something in you. So about three o'clock in the morning. So they're out there battling. So this was some time. Usually people head home before dark. Okay. And so there, Jesus is sending everybody home and getting there, and then he goes up in the hills. Well, 3 o'clock in the morning, they've been out battling for a long time. My guess is probably six hours, maybe. Long enough for them to think, do you think we could swim to shore from here? They were a long way from land. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water. This is a good sign. Now, imagine you're out on the water and Jesus comes trying to row to you in a boat. You should be worried if your version or view of Jesus is that type of Jesus because he's not going to be able to save you. He was what? He was demonstrating that he is the God of this storm. 
Whatever it is that we're facing in our lives, He is the God of the storm. Because the same storm that is coming over the waves, He's walking on top of. We've got to be able to see this. Not here, right? Not here when we're listening to the story. It's when we go home and we're facing those, we're a little far from shore and I'm not sure how I'm going to get back to my marriage. I'm, I'm really far away from land relationally with such and such a person. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to bridge this gap. And it says here, Jesus came to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror. Yeah, been there. I don't have time to go into the story. Some of you know the story of of my brother-in-law being out on the Oregon coast. And we were out stuck in the waves for over a half an hour in a riptide. And literally toward the end, I had nothing left. I was literally screaming the name of Jesus with everything that I had. There was no boat that was going to rescue us. There was no helicopter that was going to get us. I was screaming as loud as I could. And that's all I could do. And I was going under. They're screaming in terror, thinking that he was a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. This is for us, people. This is for us. Jesus spoke to them at once in the midst of their storm, in the midst of what they're going through. He says, it's all right. It's all right. I am here. Don't be afraid. I am here. Don't be afraid. Whatever your family is going through, whatever this nation is going through, I'm here. Don't be afraid. Notice the contrast. They're screaming. Jesus is speaking. Who is freaking out? Raise your hand. (laughs) Me. Me. I'm the one screaming. He's like, I got you. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you by walking on water. Jesus says, all right, come. Jesus said, verse 29. So Peter went out on the side of the boat. He went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Save me, Lord! Instantly. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. Now, this grab that's taking place right here here is instant. But what seemed to take all night for him to even show up, that's the hard part. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. You don't have much faith, Jesus said. 
Why do you doubt me? Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God. You know, it wasn't strike up the band, let's rock this thing out. Jesus, you are the Son of God. No, they're just like, oh my word, you really are the Son of God. You know what? Jesus is saying, you don't have much faith. But you know what? Here's what I don't hear him saying. You don't have much faith. Right. He's saying, you don't have much faith yet. You don't have much faith yet. Why, why did you doubt me? Hang in there. Instantly, I'll be there. Instantly, I'll be there. See, Peter wasn't just moving out of the boat for the heck of it. He was following the direction of Jesus. He was risking toward God. Risking toward God. I think the other guys around Peter are probably going, here he goes again. Here's the, here he goes again. Peter's always the guy usually gets himself in trouble. Doing crazy things. But this was different. You could almost say it was, it was calculated compared to some of the stupid stuff he had done before. Stupid things that he had said and all that. And Jesus is just bringing him along. He's bringing him along. Hey, if you're struggling with something, no problem. I'm going to show you a miracle. You're having a tough time learning some things? No worries. I'll teach you. And he takes time to teach them. And he builds their faith. And he builds their faith. And he builds their faith. All the guys are probably thinking, this guy's crazy. But you know what? Peter got out of the boat. And he needed to. For the things that he was going to encounter, he had to get out of the boat now because Jesus needed to put some things in him. No one in the boat needs faith. There's a lot of fear in the boat. Can you, you can see, uh, it, it, there's no other way you could do it. Peter, in spite of his fear, he's starting to put fear behind him and he's, as he's crawling over the side of the boat. Fear is starting to, to leave him. Now, it comes back, but Jesus is there. I, I got you. Come on. I'm right here. I'm right here. Come on, reach out. No, no, no. Stop, stop looking at the waves. Daniel, don't worry about the waves. You see, you see the difference between you and I, Jesus says? You're in the waves, I'm on the waves. I'm reaching out for you, I'm pulling you up. At this point, Peter is not using his own faith, but the faith of Christ himself. That's the difference between the guys in the boat and the guy who got out in the water. I know what Scripture says, that we are all have been given a measure of faith. 
part of me would like to argue that that's not always enough. In other words, it wasn't enough for Peter to have his own faith. He had to tap into the faith of the one who was standing on the water. That was the difference between him and the other guys. Faith is overcoming fear. Faith is overcoming fear. I declare that over this people. North, south, east, and west, faith is overcoming fear. You see, I'm declaring something because I believe something that's beyond my senses right now. I'm telling you that for real. This isn't a hype session or anything like that. What I'm telling you in faith is that faith is overcoming fear. It doesn't mean that I'm going to find myself going down in the waves from time to time, screaming my head off. Jesus. But I'm telling you, faith is overcoming fear. That is absolutely what is necessary for the journey ahead. Faith is overcoming fear. Faith is displacing fear. Risking toward God. Risking toward God. There was no one else to help him if this didn't work. It's our privilege to risk. It's God's place to save. It's our privilege to risk. Turn into the wind, not away from it. In Jesus' name, turn into the wind and not away from it. When the storm comes up, turn into the wind. Set your attitude in the right way. Turn into the wind, not away from it. If we never step out and risk toward God, we will miss the opportunities to grow in faith. If we don't get out of the boat, we will miss the opportunities to grow in faith. Faith is waiting to grow within you. The faith of Christ is waiting to grow within you. It's there. Take the measure that you've been given and let it start to grow. But it, has to, it requires us to get out of the boat. It requires us to step in. It requires us to risk toward God. What this means is, is exchanging the, semper, the sensory perception of our circumstances with the heavenly reality of Jesus. Again, who are we going to trust here? The guys in the boat? The guy sinking in the waves? Or the guy walking on the water? It's time to make an exchange. I'm exchanging my fear in the boat or wherever it is, wherever you're at, whatever situation you're facing, for the faith of Jesus. Peter exchanged his perceived safety of the boat for the risk, to the faith of risking toward God. Jesus, I will begin to step out and trust you.
exchanging my fear for your faith. Jesus, I will begin to step out and trust you, exchanging my fear for your faith. What you do, I will begin to do. What you say, I will begin to obey. Risking toward God. What you do, I will begin to do. What you say, I will begin to obey. Risking toward God. He is calling to us. He is speaking to us. He is calling us out from where we are. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how young you are. I've been speaking some of these things to my kids already. You know, justice, justice, this is a year for this and this and this. I'm calling him out from where he is to where Jesus is calling him to. Come on. The, the faith of Jesus, let, him, let it start to come out of you because it's going to pull people out of the waves. It's going to pull people out of the stuff that they're stuck in. Give him away. Give him away. I, I, I believe, you know, why was Peter the only one who got out of the boat? Why was he the only one who got out of the boat? This is me reading between the lines. I think, I think Jesus gave his faith to everyone. But not everyone was willing to take it. That's just me. My interpretation, I'm reading between the lines in the story. But I believe that faith that Jesus extends to us is available to everyone. It's just a matter of who's willing to, to say, okay, regardless of what I'm feeling here, the regardless of what I'm seeing, I believe something that is so real. You can bank on it. We know the character of God. We know that He is rock solid. We can take it to the bank. And if Peter, why was he willing to get outside and, and believe that he could walk in the water? Because he saw the one that he follows, he was already doing it. And he believed Jesus enough that he said, if you can do it, if you're doing it, and I'm, follow, I'm a disciple of you, I'm a follower of you, then I can do it too. Okay, I'm going to take your faith and run with it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He has it. Ask Him for His faith. That's a huge risk right there. Because a lot of times we don't want to go where Jesus is going. We don't want to hear what He's saying. Not every man and woman of God throughout history is every time God told them to do something, they're just like, oh, yes, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. I, I want to close uh, tonight just with, with uh, singing a song. I, I love the guys to, to come back up here. And, but it's, it's a song about faith. It'll be familiar to, to many of you. But I, I think it's, it's so important to be able to come to the Lord and say, Lord, it's impossible for me to please you without faith. To be pleasing to you. 
unless I have your faith. What makes us pleasing to God, acceptable to God? Jesus, he says, we're covered in his blood. The sacrifice that he made for us to have restored relationship with him. That's what we stand in. We don't stand in our own goodness. good works, anything like that. We stand in Jesus. That's what makes us acceptable. We used to be objects of God's wrath. Now we're objects of his mercy and his love and his faith. This is not a one-time thing. This is something that is going to go on. Would you stand with us? We're going to hear this this referenced time and time again, risking toward God. Because it's a life. It's a life that Jesus calls us to. What I want to do, what I would like us to do, if it's in your heart to respond to this, is to say, I want to be pleasing to you in the sense that it's impossible to please God without faith. It says, all who come to him, he gives the right to be his children, to obey him, to follow him. Wherever you're at, yeah, I get it. I'm there. Under the waves, in the boat, screaming, whatever, you know, facing the different circumstances. Ask him. Jesus, give me your faith. Give me your faith. Left my fear by the side of the room. He speaks. You won't let go Fall to my knees as I lift my hands to pray I got every reason to be here again Father's love that draws me in All my eyes want to see is a glimpse of you All I need is you All I need is you, Lord. It's you, Lord. All I need is you. It just takes one storm to realize this. All I need is you, Lord. It's you, Lord. One more day. One more day, it's not the same. Your spirit calls my heart to sing Drawn to the voice of my first love once again Where would my soul be without your son Who gave his life to save the earth 
Rest in the thought that you're always here with me. Rest in the thought. I rest in the thought that you're always here with me. Rest in the thought. I rest in the thought that you're always here with me. It's all I need is you. It's all I need is you, Lord. It's you, Lord. All I need is you. We're coming for your faith. We're asking you for all I need is you, Lord. It's you, Lord. Jesus, we're asking you to call us out on the water into faith. Risking toward you. Let it be in our lives. Because it's already in yours, Lord. You're the one walking on the water. Keep every eye fixed on you. In the midst of the reality of the screams, the fear that would encroach and try to derail, cause us to Try and seek the safety of the boat.
we say today that faith, the faith of Christ has overcome fear. Amen. 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 Awesome. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. We want to continue. uh, We're just going to continue to play here. If you want further prayer, we'd love to pray over you. Just come forward up here. We'll be here to pray with you. storm all that 